let's just end breaking news. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. All right, all right, all right. June 26, 2020, the No Bullshit News Hour. On top of the American Coney Island, downtown Detroit. If you're listening and not watching, let me describe what I have in the background. It's a bunch of cinder blocks covering up the old window of this building that is the oldest, one of the oldest downtown. But I like it because it serves as my fake ass anchorman library <laughs> as I sit in my home office projecting the news that I have not lived. It's over. The whole magic of TV is over. You're sitting in your fucking fake ass studio at home and nobody has a book in the background except Sherry Margolis from Fox 2 who's announced her retirement and she is aces. I've always appreciated her. Smart, caring. She loves this community. Sherry, God bless you. The next endeavor, make me a part of it. I, I have always admired you and Whatever you're doing next, I'm sure you're going to be aces. Speaking of American Coney Island, we were not going to ship Coney kits for the July 4th weekend. But you know what? The demand is so great. People were complaining. They weren't going to get their all-American dogs delivered. The kits. Special offer. You go online and we shut it down Saturday night. If you go online, you pay regular shipping, we'll pay the express. That's what we're going to do. That's for all the people out there who love this place and love us. We love you. That's the special deal. And remember, you can come on down. It's open till midnight tonight. It is clean, Mr. Mayor. And I know you're sending out the COVID spacing police. When we've had 30 shootings in 60 hours, come bust the balls of the restaurants. What the fuck is going on? It takes a lot out of me to be no bullshit. Hi, Karen. Hey, Charlie. How are you? Oh, can you hear it? Yeah, I can. I can, can hear, hear it. it. I can um, hear it. I, I was, we were going to have a, a congressman on, talk about these congressional hearings about the nursing homes and stuff, but we canned his ass. He got pushed out because you can see congressmen 24-7 on the cable news programs. Who is it? No. That's my investor. Oh. Big news, big news. <laughs> Mark, I gotta call you, man. Sorry, I get, you gotta remind me to call you. I got got big things in the works. Okay. This thing called the Red Shovel Network. Yes. I've 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 located something. Good. To be announced later. I've been working on some stuff to get you back in the studio. Yeah. Safely. I kind of like this. See my library. I know. I, I, it's funny as you were saying that. I'm like, there's only a way we can get those cinder blocks down here. Oh, there's Look one book. Fi- Look what are you book. hiding there, uh, Flash? No, no, that's where I stash my dough, baby. Look at that's one of those fake books. Hey, no money in it. Watching you turn around and answer that phone live just took all the pressure off this interview, man. Exactly, <laughs> no, dude. No pressure, Brian. So what we we got Brian joining us. Um, not his real name. Not his real name. We'll get to that. But Brian is more important than any congressman because Brian is what the congressman, he's the man that, Congress talks about, the experts talk about, the professors talk about, but you never get to hear from Brian, a real person living the real life and the real issues 
that we're trying to fix. This dude is cool, and I known him a long time back at the Jack's Car Wash. Right, brother? Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, I used to bring the caddy up there, man. The sweep was it a eighty-one caddy? I don't remember. Seventy-seven Fleetwood. Okay. okay, yeah. Rod bearing went out. I had to. I had to crush it. Okay. Mm. Now I got. I uh, yeah. I'll go into that later, but I was trying to figure out what to say this week, what to write because Karen, we're a victim of success here, because what the headlines locally in Michigan now are crime mm-hmm. and these nursing homes. Yep. And so I don't want to look like we're piling on. Uh, I don't want to look like we're part of a crowd. I, I think we try to do what our brother and sisters, people like Brian and Mark want to know about the real stuff, right? No bullshit. Well, I, I, I think it's clarification, Charlie. I mean, and you're not just, you don't just throw something out there one week and then let, and then forget about it. I mean, this is again, a deeper layer into a conversation we've had for several weeks. And like you said, Brian is bringing us first generation perspective and experiences that everybody else just rehashes. So it doesn't, un- even, it doesn't get more real than that. Unfiltered, unfiltered, straight unfiltered. from yep. the people. So let me tell you about two white people I met yesterday morning in a park north of Eight Mile Road. They were white older. People? They were older. People? Well, they were white people. That's It's just a descriptor. They were white people, but you're going to know what I mean. They were like older and gray. You know, the, the type whose dogs get better health care than half the kids in America. Mm-hmm. Right, they, they were nice dogs, rescue dogs. Yeah, they had gotten a couple of DNA tests, inconclusive. <laughs> These people, I quickly surmised, were good liberal people. The guy and I absentmindedly shook hands. That's when his <laughs> shambled over with a viral, a viral uh, of disinfectant and dropped a little bit into his palm. And he apologized to her for taking my hand. I haven't touched a stranger in months, he said. And that's the way it's going to stay. That's what she said. And that's how the talk of COVID-19 was sparked underneath the canopy of a suburban walnut tree. Naturally, with such things, it ended in a scowl because that's how it goes in America today. Nothing is worthy of consideration and nobody is worthy of consideration unless one agrees with the other's point of view completely, apparently and obviously there's no more middle ground in America. I think the governor's doing a magnificent job. That's what she insisted. And without the thing she's doing, it would be much, much worse today. Then I'm thinking, it's like exclusive clubs and churches. America has become a place of two impenetrable towers where those within sneer down, convinced of their moral and social authority on the rest of us who aren't so sure about things. When their assumptions are challenged with non-conforming facts, they refuse to consider them. Dogma is irrefutable and unassailable, as holy and sacrosanct as scripture, no matter who's getting hurt. If Whitmer hadn't done what she'd done, then the COVID outbreak would be worse. She said again, and I said, agreeing, that's probably true, and I believe it. But some of the things she's done have probably made the death count much higher than it ought to be. And that's what we're going to talk to Ryan about. So I hope they're listening. They were scarcely aware of the governor's executive decision to co-mingle the infected elderly people into nursing homes that also housed the uninfected elderly. Right, Brian? Yeah. Okay. As a probable consequence, this is one you haven't heard, and it's true. Michigan 
has the highest death rate in America among those who contracted the lung virus, nearly 10%. New York, seven and a half. Jersey, 7.8. Connecticut's 9.2. We're 9.9. Wow. Why? Why does the practice continue today? And Whitmer stubbornly, stubbornly defends it, though most, if not, all the other states have dropped it. Think of that. So now here's what I did. I called around to nurses, medical staff, and inspectors in these places. In five Metro Detroit nursing homes alone, the reported death count, the self-reported death count by the nursing home may be short by at least 188 people. And making matters much more murky, Michigan does not publish the death count in the other elder care facilities like group homes and foster homes as the other states do. Mm. Well, now, Michigan has more black people, she said with true conviction. And we know this disproportionately attacks black people. And I said, yes, it does. And we need the data as to why. Does it have to do with our health care? Does it have to do with negligence? Are there more nursing homes in Detroit? Because it got nailed. But then I said to her, but the thing is, New York has more black people. So does Florida. So does Texas. So does California. So does Georgia. And we have a higher death count, just a higher death count than four of them. And they're bigger states and a higher death rate than all of them. Why are we the only state that allows nursing homes to stay open to COVID patients while we continue to close gymnasiums? Seriously, it should be a fair question among reasonable adults looking out for their own society because the answer could mean life or death for the most vulnerable among us, including her companion who had lung problems, he told me, and hadn't touched another human being in months until he touched me. To which she says, well, I know doctors and I read data too. And she's doing a fantastic job. And then off she went with a scowl to do her video conferencing thing. And you would have thought by her face that I had licked her hand. (laughs) Jeez. Somebody say something. I'm spent. I'm spent. I'm trying, Charlie. You guys, they're doing my lawn again. I guess I got to change the schedule because it's always doing this. You know, the, the, the credit for the good things that she has done that this lady is talking to, I think some of that should go to the populace for actually staying home. Responding appropriately. Not yeah. doing, Now, if, if you want to give her credit for getting that message to people appropriately, fine. I'm not going to argue that. But, you know, we did what we thought we should do, too, for as long as we could take it. Now, the other people that don't have that choice were the vulnerable in these nursing homes where she had the choice to not move them. We were all told, don't move. Don't go anywhere. Stay at home. And who are the people moving around? The ones that don't have the choice to stay home because she's moving them from hospital to uh, home. It's just it, it boggles the mind as how there's one message for a group of people um, you know, to do this and do that, and they do it. And then the other ones who don't have that choice, she's in control of, and that's been an abjunct failure, period. Yeah. So we, we, we talked early on about there not being any consistent guidelines and protocols to make sure that 
entities like nursing homes and other areas where there mm-hmm. wasn't cross-contamination or where there were rules and regulations to ensure that those vulnerable would be protected. And there were not, there have not been. So well, you know I think it's the, the void. You know what? They also didn't give, didn't have personal protection equipment for the workers in these places who are probably the ones passing it around. Like we were last to get that done. We were last to get them tested. Now there's a story in the New York times, a governor on her own with everything at stake. Right. Oh boy. I know the guy that wrote it. What do they mean? What do you, before you start, what do you mean? What do they mean by on her own? Like what, exactly. what is the implication there? Why do they think she's on her own? Uh, from her living room, Gretchen Whitmer has led Michigan through a pandemic, an economic meltdown, and even a dam collapse, all at a time when government seems broken. Okay, I guess. Charlie, we talked about this in terms of her retaining Pete Buttigieg's uh, PR person early on because this is an attempt to elevate her national profile. This is all strategic. And people that may know or don't know from behind the scenes, your communication strategy is very deliberate. So not taking anything away from the reporter, but, you know, you you line up your messages uh, with your platforms. And that's well, what's happened in her in her sense. I've written for this magazine. I've worked with Jonathan Mahler, the, the, the writer. He's really good. But this one was done by telephone, I guess, because of covid. Right. Mm-hmm. Me, I would have gotten a car. I never heard of doing a profile by telephone, but there's no counterbalance to it. There's no mention of things like the nursing homes mm. or the way we handle the jails and let everybody out. And she, she's saying she has no jurisdiction, but she's issuing decrees or the four emergency orders she signed. I mean, you know, the, the declarations of emergency because Mark Hackle, the Macomb County executive and even Coulter in Oakland County are now complaining. It's a hundred days later. Why are we under a state of emergency? A state of emergency allows you to get, the processes in place, which they are now, right? The testing, yeah. the PPE, the tracing. We have that. We understand what to do. So why can't we have democracy back? That's a question to be raised. All of these things. But it wasn't done. I would have loved now, that th- guy to just simply ask her, what do you think you've gotten wrong? Like, right. I, I'd love to her to be asked, what do you think you did wrong? Not, diff, not not what would you have done different, but what did you get wrong? And I'd love to hear her answer on that. I'd love to hear her well, try to spin right? out of that. Normally, that's how you, you conduct a thing. Like, I'm by no means uh, some national figure, but I'm a minor figure. If I've had profiles of me, mm-hmm. and I've gotten torn up even in the most glowing profiles. It's, it's, well, what, you, Char- it's what you do. And Charlie, there were times that, you know, we wanted to place a story to – uh, make sure that information, controlled information was delivered about something. You weren't the person to call for that. I'll tell you that <laughs> firsthand. You don't call Charlie for that. So, but there are, it happens, you know, and that's. Who did you call? But you've got <laughs> to understand, you know, in, in, in PR, I mean, and in media management, that's part of it. Charlie was never part of that equation because you had to have your stuff right. And you are supposed to ask questions. You don't just take information and, 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 and redistribute it or reprint it. Like we see a lot here. I see press releases that are literally coming from the city that are reproduced. Hmm. That happens. And I think that that's, this was a very strategic placement. Uh, be honest, Karen, right? It's like 
after say the state of the city, you guys would, would give each outlet an interview yep. and you would pick the reporter. You would tell the outlets what reporter you wanted there. Is that correct? That is correct. And also maybe identify a reporter prior to. So by the time the mayor is speaking, the information, the 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 speech, the details are, are already out. You know, it's it's hitting if you embargo information. I mean, it's all strategic. Let me just say that it's strategic. Well, and I think people have figured that out now. That's what, what the upset with media is. It's like I'm being I'm being manhandled, manipulated. Right. And I don't like it either. Pretty much. But probably I've seen I see that now more than ever. I don't know if it's technology, I don't know if it's relationships, I don't know if it's a reduction in resources, uh, but I see that now more than ever. Well, here's the thing. I finished reading it this morning and, you know, I spent like 12 years, 11 years at the New York Times. So I know the secret number. You dial the number and it, it'll connect you to anybody in, it'll connect you overseas. You just say the name in it. I'm not going to, I was going to call him right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And ask him, but I'll, I'm going to be honest with everybody. Cause we're no bullshit. Yes. There is professional courtesy. Yeah. We do treat each other differently than mm-hmm. I, I might treat you, Karen. I'm, I might do the wow, jump out of the bushes. Right. I'm right. not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I, the guy's really credible. Maybe I don't even think I'm going to call him next week. I mean, he did his work during a really difficult time. But here's what's interesting. Over seven weeks, he's making a couple of phone calls a week to the governor. Huh? Okay. The national audience, the national uh, subscription is lower than what we have listening here on our show. We're 100,000 strong, right? Mm. We, we service this community. This community does not read the New York Times. You, madam, don't have five minutes for us? You don't have five minutes to answer the very solid, well-researched questions that are driving this thing, that's driving you to go to friendly like that. So instead of doing that, let's just call the governor's press person and let everybody in on how this shit works. Since your press. You're going to get sent straight to voicemail. Let's see. I don't know if this is this mobile again. Okay, here we go. Ring, ring, ring. This is my life. <laughs> yeah. She, okay. You're not being sent to voicemail yet. I'm locked in. She she knows I'm calling. Yeah. You reached the voicemail box for Tiffany Brown, press secretary for Governor Gretchen Whitmer. If you need to reach me immediately, you can send me a text message or send me an email at brown like the color. Yeah, <laughs> well, why not? She's public official. Michigan is spelled out. Or you can leave a voicemail message and I will return your call at my earliest convenience. The mailbox Hi. is full and cannot oh. accept any messages at this time. Oh. Goodbye. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, 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 hello? Hello? <laughs> Tiffany? Hi. Um, I'd like... Uh, you might as well just yell out that window that's got all those cinder blocks my, in it. My library? Yeah. Tiffany! <laughs> Tiffany! Okay, let me, let me send a quick text. It's having the same effect. Okay, here we go. Yeah, well, I still didn't get the last couple answered. Good morning, Ms. Brown. Comma, it's Charlie Leduff. 
period. Just trying to get a telephone interview, five minutes, a couple questions for the governor. Be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Looking forward to your reply. Bye-bye. And yeah. Okay. And that's how it works, folks. That's how it works. And it all started because this millennial communications director, Zach Pohl, I believe, when he was running her campaign communications, got real mad at me when I rung up the lieutenant governor for having the ghetto house that he never fixed up and got special breaks for it and then sold it to some murky LLC to Mm. recoup his losses. And by the way, it still hasn't been fixed by this murky LLC and it's supposed to be taken away. So there's different rules, and that's what's pissing you off. But we won't stop. We won't stop. We just want the shit fixed. Fix the shit. Right, Brian? Right. Fix the shit. Now, before we get to Brian, I want to let you know about uh, Luke Nowacki. Maybe you're a big-time city official who can travel with your entourage on the people's dime. Maybe your uh, contributor who gets hooked up with those contracts isn't kicking into the kitty, you know? But if you're not among the elite who can make your pal's pockets fat off we the people's money, if you actually work for a living, call financial specialist Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748. Grow your assets from annuities to individual retirement accounts to college savings. Make that call now. Your politicians, not to mention your children, are depending uh, on you, their children. Your children, all the children, the most important lives there are, all children. That's what we're responsible for. So Luke can help you. 248-663-4748. Hit me with the disclaimer. Oh, I wasn't ready. Oh! <laughs> it's the junkiest ass show in the uh, business. Shit. That's okay, now right. I'm ready for it, though. Hang on. All right. Three. Securities and investment advisory wait, 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 services offered through Royal Alliance. Ready? We'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, we won't. Hit me with that disclaimer. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. (laughs) What a great dance. Never seen a disclaimer (laughs) dance. It's beautiful. (laughs) Let me tell you about ADR. You're a construction outfit doing business in Michigan. How do you navigate the bureaucracy? How do you keep to the rules? How do you grow your company? And how do you keep their hands out of your pockets? How? You call Barry Allen Tuck at ADR Consultants. Honest, ethical, smart. 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Costs you nothing. ADR Consultants are experts in procurement, government compliance, information technology, and property management. Get the job done right on time on budget. ADR Consultants. 248-318-9424. Go with ADR for your company, municipality, or law enforcement agency. Beautiful. Right. It's a lot, Charlie. I know. And it's hot as fuck up here. <laughs> Every, everybody is thinking that you're in an alley. I guess they missed the opening of the show when you said you're on top of American Coney Island. And Brian, not his real name, is wearing a mask because he is appearing anonymously. Everybody's yeah. asking, why does he yeah. have a mask on in his own house so just try to answer i'm just trying to answer some of the questions that people are 
posing. Yeah, open that's that window up. That's called a professional show. That's called a professional show because Drew's like, you got to remind him. And Karen just did it because Karen not only was basically the Matahari behind the mayor in this town, a big political figure. She had a radio show drive time for three years. Karen's actually the pro here. I've learned so, from Charlie. Brian, <laughs> you missed your the pitch. The, it's called the toss to you. So okay. we'll fix that in post. Do it again, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appearance. have to do it organically. But no, I was saying that we are talking to Brian, not his real name. He is wearing a mask because he's appearing anonymously. We don't want any pushback uh, for Brian being here and telling us the truth and giving us some insight that no one else has offered. Brian, thanks for being here. Uh, you're very welcome. And yes, that is correct. I, I don't want any uh, any uh, attention, any pushback, any you know messages or anything about this. I just want to just put the story out here. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it would be better for me to uh, conceal my identity, you know, in the okay, long Okay, that's run. fair. Mm -hmm. But you're not yeah. bullshit, right? You're like a real guy. Mm hmm who I knew way back in the day at Jack's Car Wash. Uh -huh. And we've been doing, doing the business about what's going on in the nursing homes. And you started working at one and you reached out to me for old, the old time sakes, right? You noticed what we were doing and you had some shit to tell me. Yeah? yeah. I saw a topic one day that you posted. I forgot exactly what it was, but it was talking about, you know, the nursing homes. And, uh, I was like, wow, man, maybe I can, uh, maybe, maybe I know some things that they don't know, you know, what's going on. Because I was wondering why I kept seeing people, older people at the job pass away just week after week after week. You know, I would, uh, even though I, I didn't really have day-to-day -day direct contact with them, I would, I mean, I would be in the same room in passing every single day. I would, you know, pass by them. It probably was, I would be six feet from them, but I would be close enough to where I can speak to them and they can speak to me, you know, and. Uh, and you worked in the kitchen. Yeah, I worked in dietary up in the kitchen. So, so all in a suburban or I don't know if it's suburban, we're not going to say it could be in the metro it's, Detroit. It's, it's, it's suburban. It's not in Detroit. It's, it's, a, it's a close suburb of Detroit. Okay. A very yeah. big facility. Huge. Okay. So now you, I call you. You call me and we're talking. It's over the Father's Day weekend, and my my wife's getting a little hot under the collar. We're mm -hmm. having a romantic weekend away. Mm -hmm. I said, I, I call you back this week, and I called you back this week. And what happened, Brian? When you called me back this week, I was fired. I was fired Monday. I was fired Monday, um, and the and the reason they gave was because I I have a criminal background, which I do. I have a felony from two thousand three, uh, drug felony. I played guilty to it. I got probation, and that was that. But, what, you, uh, was, what, 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 what was the drugs? The drug was crack. I was selling crack. How much you get caught with? I got caught with uh, uh, 48 grams, two ounces. Two ounces. Now, the recipe for crack is about one-to-one -one water, uh, bacon, soda, and Coke. So that was an ounce. That's eight eight balls. Eight right. eight balls is about a fraternity party in Ann Arbor on a Saturday night. So you are carrying... Did you have a weapon on you? No, no, no. Weapon. So a nonviolent drug felony that you're carrying around how many years later? 17 years. 17. So you were a really young guy. You're now a middle-aged guy mm -hmm. who wants to work in, in a nursing home 
right in the middle, you begin in the middle of a COVID tidal wave. Right. You're stupid, dude. Why didn't you take the unemployment? <laughs> why didn't you take the unemployment? I mean, why you want to like be working now in a nursing home? You know what? One of my relatives worked there and uh, she just asked me one day, hey, would you like to work here? You'll be in the kitchen and you will be you wouldn't be exposed, you know, and uh, I said, yeah. So that's how it went. It's just like simple as that. So they so, they told you you were fired because they found out about this felony, which I find that hard to believe they didn't know about that when they hired you. Um, why? Why? Do you, he said he put it on his application. I swear to God. I swear to God. I, I put it on my uh, my application. And when you have to do a background, you have to put your information in the computer for them to uh, search your background. I put it in there too. I didn't want to waste my time nor their time. So why? Um, two things. Were you ever written up for any problems in the time you had Never. worked there? Then never, 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 never. As a matter of fact, I got a promotion uh, last week. I got a promotion and a raise, oh, right? The raise didn't go into effect yet, but I got a promotion and a raise. So neither me or my immediate supervisor had any idea of this. So why were you, okay. why do you think you were fired? I think I was fired because they didn't need me anymore. I think that uh, they see that the numbers are going down and, and uh you know, they were scared at first. They was like, well, sh we ain't finna do it. You know, we gonna, mm -hmm. we gonna get some undesirables, what they who they deemed to be undesirable that they would never hire before. We'll get them now. Who's that? There, there, there are two components in here. One, mm -hmm. because Charlie was laying it out, like you could be like a lot of people would assume you were or are, and you're not. You didn't mm -hmm. sit at home. You weren't collecting unemployment. You no. sought and took advantage of the opportunity to work. The mm -hmm. other side of that is that you were a fill-in in an area where they, this organization felt like they wouldn't put someone that they did not want to risk because of the exposure. So I don't want people to miss those, those, those two items here. I mean, because they've been tossed out, but we have, I want people to really hear that, you know, you didn't stay home and two, you were being given not an opportunity. You were, you were their defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the owners came out. Well, they didn't come while, on one of the days that I was working, but the owners only came there one time during the entire, I want to say, yeah, then during the entire 87 days that I worked there, I don't know, 83 days, I'm sorry. The owners only came one time there. Wow. So now, uh, they, listen, man, how long were you working there before you got canned? I was working eighty-three days. Eighty-three days. So yeah. that's uh, a week from ninety days. Correct. And like, I don't know. You do you? What happens at ninety? Does anything happen there at ninety days? Yeah, absolutely. You get benefits. You get a benefit package, and you, uh, depending on what uh, department you're in, you become part of a union, which. My department did have a union. So uh, you get a raise, benefits, and a union, some, some, some worker protection. Mm -hmm. See, that is common in America, too. Uh, lots of people out there know that. that. That happened to my brother. You know what I mean? That happened. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's go. Karen's like this. I think I'm, I'm going to say my way what Karen said, which is people look at you as the stereotype and you weren't like not a guy that was sitting at home, not a guy that didn't want to work. Right. And yet you are the stereotype. You're the American worker who has no job security gets steamrolled when he's about ready to get some, some solidity in his life. 
You're a black man who's carrying around a nonviolent drug offense for 17 years. That shit's hanging over your head. It's right. crack. It carries a, a much heavier burden than powder. And now you're working, you're working in the, I don't even want to say the cliche of all jobs, but my God, dude. One of the most dangerous jobs in the world at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We were talking yeah. like you were a hero until a week ago. Mm -hmm. now, now you're just another motherfucking felon. Bye-bye. Right. Unemployed. Exactly. Unemployed. And I don't, even now. Get I don't even want to get started on how difficult it is with this unemployment, right? That's a whole nother story. Ooh, do it, do it. Here, here, this is, here's another cliche. Yeah. But truth, tell us, uh, you're trying to get unemployment. Can you get it? Well, I got, I got, I, I finally got somebody on the phone after <gasps> like the, the third day. And uh, I did not qualify for the regular unemployment. He said I should try the PUA, which is the pandemic unemployment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did you? Well, to be honest with you, I don't remember my passwords. I only I only uh filed in 2016. That's the only time I ever filed before, but I don't remember my passwords to get back on. And uh, I can't get past the first stage. And uh I need them to go in there and reset it or delete it and let me start from scratch. They're, they're, I can't do it. So dude and, on the uh, phone wouldn't do it for you? No, he wouldn't do it for me. You asked him to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Maybe here's where I go. Here's here's where I go. Like this, Governor, fix the shit. Fix the shit. Because I'm reading the I'm reading the New York Times article, and the excuse for why the hospitals couldn't communicate with each other, why unemployment doesn't work, why everything's fucked up, is because of what I inherited, what they left. Well, when you're in the job for a year and a half, you don't get to do that, and Trump doesn't get to blame Obama. That's not what we do. You fix the shit. I'm sorry, because this is my brother here. Brian, Brian is one of ours, man. He's a regular guy. Did some shit in life. You know what I mean? Life goes on. You grow. I, I, I need my, my friend here to be not helped, to be given, given something to stand on while he gets his knees together. You know, but this is one of those simple things. This is like companies that don't listen to their voicemail when it's circular. Press <laughs> one. It takes you back to zero and you never get to anybody. Right. So if that guy couldn't go in and reset your passwords, then there should be functionality on the website for you to do that. And if it does, that's a basic, simple kind of well, thing that takes off a whole lot of pressure of everybody. Just making sure that the process works and it doesn't. Or you could have people back in the unemployment offices that might be able to help you face yeah. to yeah, face. Yeah, because it, it, it was a little more than just that. It, it's when I put my social security number in, it says your social security number is already linked to another account. So maybe I have multiple accounts or whatever it is. It seemed like a simple task that they would have been able to take care of over the phone. For me. Yeah, yeah well, I mean? it's yes. like the, the computer program should take it to the old account. Yeah, exactly. And give you the opportunity yes. to verify and reset. Does your relative still work at the facility? Yes. Have they replaced you with somebody new? I don't know. I've been kind of, uh, I've been kind of down since then. You know, I've been really talking much. I haven't been on my Facebook page as much. I've just been in a different space since that happened to me. There, well, another stereotype of the American person. You're down. You don't know what the future is. You know what I mean? It's hard to get up. 
you so do me, right and not and not get the benefits of doing the right thing. That's the thing. Do do right. Be well, you know, play by the rules, get your life together, go to work. Don't try to screw the system. But you still get the short end of the stick that would be worthy of being down. I, I, that's yeah. understandable. And I made a few calls. I checked in. This story is true because, you know, we're not just letting a dude I knew from the car wash just come on and say, <laughs> I've done the due diligence. You can you can believe me or not, but it does check out. Now, here's what I want to do, Brian. The next part of it. You worked in the kitchen. You were, mm-hmm. the, you were a porter. Correct. Like they had a COVID wing and a non-COVID wing, but everybody's in the same building, right? Everybody's in the same building. Everybody using, were there separate dishes for the COVID people and the non-COVID people? Okay. Now, they were supposed to be separate dishes and they were in a tub with bleach water in it, right? After the people ate off of those dishes. Before before that, I just want to say, why didn't they give them disposable plates? You know, We we can go to that. You were suggesting that they they give them disposable plates and they didn't want to pay for disposable plates. That's what I'm assuming. Management has not returned my call. Let me put it like that. But so you suggest the paper plates and what they say to you. Well, I wasn't the only one that suggested paper plates. Everybody in that kitchen suggested paper plates and probably some of the CNAs that work there, too. But uh, this is what they said. Nursing assistants. This is this is nursing assistants. This is what they said. Uh, the the uh, dietitian, the head guy in the kitchen, he said it was a dignity issue, right? People eating off paper uh, paper plates if they had COVID or whatever. Um, dignity issue. I felt like you know seeing the people every day. They I don't think they would even cared what kind of plate it came on. People just wanted to eat. They wouldn't have gave a damn about that, man. But I figure, like, even if they did, would they want to be dignified or would they want to be alive? Yeah. So, you know, um, that that never made sense to me the whole time I worked there. Why, why, why did we give them plates? That so let's do it like this. Like, what would happen is they would eat, the COVID people, the COVID people are on the second floor, the non-COVID people on the third floor, right? Same one floor. Yeah, it's only one floor. Yeah. one floor. Well, I'm not trying not to give it away, dude. You know, okay. I mean, generally I speaking. I got you. So it's one floor. And, and what divides the COVID wings? Is it like hospital doors and a ventilation system and then another set of doors? And what, what separated it? A set of doors and some plastic. What do you mean some plastic? Some plastic in front of doors. You mean like a tarp? Yeah. So they hung some plastic? Yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah, set of doors. Maybe two set of doors. One set of door, there's a room, and then another set of doors. But what about the other people who may have had it that they didn't know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about them? They were they were eating off the place that was circle. Oh man, it's it's oh man, it's messed up, Charlie. So a uh, dude would go in and and pick up the plates from mm-hmm. the COVID patients. He'd, yes. he'd he'd pick them up with his hands. He'd put them in the bucket. He'd pick up the bucket. He'd take it to the kitchen, he'd take, set the bucket down, and he'd put the plates into the bleach bath, right? No, he uh, actually, the, the, uh, the aides in the, uh, in, that worked in the, the COVID unit, 
they actually put the, pl uh, the plates in the bucket. And the, yes, and the guy brought the bucket to the kitchen. Right. So everybody's touching a bucket. Absolutely. And then it's going to the communal dish room with the water that spreads this shit, right? Absolutely. And then these plates and this water, that goes to the quote-unquote healthy people. In my opinion, yes. They, no, they would say this, this would be their rebuttal. Well, the water is 190 degrees, so that kills any and all bacteria, which they constantly checked. But which, which is true. But then again, I'm supposed to say six feet away, I got guys handling plates, walking into the communal air, the bath, right? The shit's getting yeah. on the walls. It's getting on the floors. It's getting yep. on the stainless steel, like the gas pumps the governor was worried about. So right. when she's writing these decrees with the big flowery language about COVID wards and PPE and all of this stuff in real life. That's what we're asking you. You're the guy to tell us yeah. it, it, it. That sounds better than what the real life was. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of, a lot of young kids that work there. And um, from what I saw, the young kids didn't really, they really didn't care that much. They were just trying to get through their shift. So sanitation practices wasn't always practiced. I'd probably say about, 60 to 70, 60 to 65% of the time it probably was practice, man. It, it was young people who, who may have been good people at heart, but just really was just there mm -hmm. to just get through eight hours of a job. And uh, you and I were talking uh, over the weekend. You were just talking about a man, we'll call him Mr. Johnson. Tell me about mm -hmm. Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson, uh, I was walking, I was walking through uh, his, the ward that he was on and uh, he was a cool COVID or non-COVID? No, 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 he wasn't on the COVID war, but, uh, you know, he was just sitting in his chair there. He was a real cool older guy. And I, and I spoke to him one day, and I think I spoke to him the next day. And about the third or fourth day, I didn't see him anymore. He did. He looked perfectly healthy, though. You know, to, to be his age, he was not on the COVID ward. He was in a regular, regular, quote-unquote, regular ward. And, uh, you know, after about maybe five days, I don't remember exactly how many days it was. I, I, I never saw him again. And uh, I asked what happened to him, and they said he he passed away. And of course, they said it was COVID. All right, bro. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, they said it was COVID. So whether it was true or not, I don't know. But I saw that over and over again the time I was there. People dying from COVID that was in a, a quote unquote regular war. So this were you tested before you were allowed to start? No, I was not. Were you uh, ever tested in your yeah. 83 days? No, I was not. Was anybody tested that you know of in your 83 days? Uh, well, they did have one testing day right before I was I was uh, let go. But um, I so was two and a half, for two and was, a half months. There was no testing. Two and a half months, no testing. Correct. What a <laughs> colossal fuck! Do you think this is a colossal fuck up? You lived it. Were you? Did you? Would you go home and go? God damn! What are they doing? Every day. Um, but what they did was they, they checked our temperature before we start when we come through the door. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's well, I mean, but you, you think for senior citizens who may be more susceptible that there would be some protocol in place to ensure that, you know, uh, employees, staff were not asymptomatic and just right. that extra precaution to make sure that they were being protected. Right. I would think. Me too. Wow. My two cents. So, so my brother here, I'll, I'll throw some stats out at you. Okay. 
<clears throat> I'm going to round off, okay? About 7,500 positive cases in Michigan from nursing homes alone. That doesn't include foster care or your, you know, run-of-the-mill assisted living or recuperative places. 7,500 in the 450 nursing homes. About 3,500 workers tested positive. And that, as you said, that's only recently. Yeah. So if you, if you add that up, that's 11,000 people. We have 60,000 positive tests in Michigan. That means one out of six cases that they admit to that we know of were in nursing homes. We know that one third of all deaths so far, and the count's not correct, one third of all deaths are from nursing homes. 20 workers are reported to have died and 2,000 old people. So it's pretty obvious to me that not only were they catching it from each other, but it was being transmitted by you guys. You, yeah, you know? it had to, to be because they, they weren't leaving. And uh, they had visits, but the visits was through a window from outside. So it had to be one of those two things or both. And yet um, for those 80-some days, did you have all the appropriate personal protection equipment? The mask, the gowns, the gloves, the, the shield? Yeah, I did. I did, but everybody didn't. I did, though. You did, but um, everybody didn't. Like, who didn't have it? People who they were still hiring, new people. They they they, they never stopped hiring when they, when they hired me. They kept hiring people because people would get there and see what's going on, and they would quit. They'd be like, no, nah, I'm not going to be a part of this. But uh, What about the chef? The chef, no, 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 no. He 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 had what? a mask and um uh, and some gloves. He didn't wear PPE. Like what you're like you got on now. That's all he had and some gloves. Yep, yep, mask and gloves. Yep. So What's the it? guy preparing all the food wasn't even as well equipped as you. No. Brian, did they ever provide any kind of special uh coronavirus COVID nineteen training? I mean, like what, like a ten minute video or whatever? Any of it. Something. Yeah, like like a ten minute video, probably at orientation, and you know, from time to time, as new updates came about, the dietitian would update us some stuff. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, he, he would, but um, but just the dietitian is this is is this nursing home? Is it is it a small one or is it owned by a big conglomeration that owns multiple homes? It's private, but it's, it's but private. It, but yeah, but it's pretty big though. So they own other nursing homes. Oh yeah. So let's review. The chef doesn't have the full equipment. Nobody's getting tested. There's a plastic sheet uh, put in place to create a new ward. Were you ever visited by inspectors from the state that you know of? No, no, Boom. no, no state ever came. But but we discussed this on a daily basis. Hey, you know, the state's coming. So we got to be up to par when they get here. Right. What did up to par look like if they never gave you what the expectations were, you know, in terms of compliance? I mean, what is what is what does up to par mean? Well, up to par mean exactly what you just said. PPE on at all times. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, certain precautions that were put into place just for the COVID. They want to make sure that we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing. But. They never came, and if they did, it would have been a clusterfuck. Excuse my language. Oh no, go ahead and use it, man. It's explicit language is really popular with people. Okay. <laughs> right, it'd be a clusterfuck. Listen to what he's saying. Yeah, it would. What he's saying? Same dishes. Oh, what about the cleaning crews? Was there 
Did they hire specifically separate people to clean the COVID ward and specifically separate people to clean the non-COVID ward? They will switch up people. One week you're on the COVID ward, next week you're not. You, it'll be another person on there. So no, it wasn't consistent. A week so they're, they're cross-mingling. That's cross-contamination, yeah. Without being tested. So they're well, like, this week you got to do it. Next week you go back to the non-COVID and you go do it. Everybody got to take a turn. Yeah, I mean, even Whoa. back there with the kitchen, the servers, the people who served the food, they would switch them out from day to day. One oh. day you work in the COVID union, uh, uh, the COVID unit, but then the next day you may be working a regular unit. So, yeah, it's always... This, this is, see, this is awesome, dude, wow. in the sense that it makes no sense. It's really pretty flowery language, right? All the experts can mm -hmm. talk all they want. And you, the real frontline worker, and you worked, are going, dude, it was bullshit. That None of that shit that they talk about is true. Is that fair for me well, to, you know, boil it down like that? Yeah, yeah. It, it's 100% fair. I, I remember one day I was outside on my break. And uh, I was smoking a cigarette and uh, a couple pulled up next to me in a, a pickup truck. It was an older black couple from Ann Arbor. And uh, he asked me, this is like the first month I was there. He said, hey, man, is this the place where we bring the uh, people who have coronavirus? My brother just got sick. I need to drop them off here. And that just that, that kind of like blew my mind, man, even though I knew it was happening for somebody to pull up next to me and ask me that. It was, it was just crazy because it really sunk in what was going on. He was instructed That's, to drop his sick one there and not at the hospital. Yeah. 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 His sick brother. Yeah. That's some dumb shit. And we're still doing it, Brian. Yeah. This, we're still doing it. And look, in New York, the, the, New York and, you know, kind of invented this and we copied it. And once they got caught out and realized what was happening, they stopped it. And I could we and he the governor in New York is still getting drilled for it, right? I'm not mm -hmm. really interested in doing the tail of the tape and going backwards. I'm trying to go forwards. And we all know this is bad science. And if there is gonna be this second wave that some predict, then we still don't have the situation figured out that you lived. And I find that to be outrageous. And I hope that the powers that be respect you enough to consider what you're saying because you're the expert now. I know I could hire you to fix some shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What, they're, what, would they're you, what, would you, what would you do, Brian? I mean, because in my opinion, usually people that have a hands-on connection to day-to-day -day operations, you get to see what happens. Those are where the solutions tend to lie. If mm -hmm. you had to advise the governor on one, two things that need to happen, what would you tell her needs to be done in nursing homes to protect both the staff as well as the patients? Excellent question. Well, first thing I would do is before you're even hired, you would have to have a test, COVID test. They do That's that now. Finally, they're doing that. Okay. Before you even hire. Secondly, weekly testing at least once a week, which I, which I did hear that they're starting to do now. They wasn't doing it when I was there. What's the date today? What was the what? The date today is the 26th, correct? It's yes. June 26th. It's not required for three more days. So they, they're getting to it like everything else. We're getting to it. 
Mm-hmm. So they're doing that. So those those are two recommendations. But what about required separate crews? What about having to install real like hermetically sealed doorways with you know vacuums? Uh, what about that kind of thing? Absolutely, I, I think you need that because we definitely don't have that there. Like I said, it's just two doors separated separated by uh, a room and then two more doors. But um, in my department, people were interchangeable. I think for far as the uh, I said CNAs because I don't know the proper term. What is the proper term, Charlie? Certified nursing assistant. Certified nursing assistants. I think. Uh, I think they paid them like 40 more dollars a day to work there or something. So hazard you know, pay. Yeah. Hazard pay. Yeah. Which I think that's kind of nuts too. $40 to risk your life every day. But, uh, but it goes back to what you said, Brian, tapping into those people who were mo- who, who needed it the most, the ones who would normally not get hired, the ones who may have been unemployed and looking and needing a job more than yeah. the, than, than the rest. So Let me do this. I got to, there you go. So it reminded me of something. Brian, how'd you get to work? How I got to work? I yeah. got to work any any way that I could because I don't have a car. I caught the bus. Caught I, the bus. Ooh, 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 ooh. Caught the bus. Yeah. You and one lung four tuck hmm. catching the bus. You're going into a COVID pit, then you're getting on a bus, and then mm-hmm. you're going home. What city you Back live on in? a bus. I live in Detroit. Well, South What city Field. got hit the hardest? Well, Detroit got hit the hardest. Boom. Yeah. I can do some tracing. Very good point. Yeah. Fuck me. What's wrong? So let me, let me, a lot of people are concerned, uh, you know, about where this leaves you now, uh, Mm -hmm. suggesting that you contact the governor's office directly. Um, That number is 517-373-3400. Also ask 517-373-3400. Contact the governor directly. Me? That's the that's the office number. Yeah. And say so you because you need help with your you need help with your unemployment. Oh, well, here's this. I, I want everybody that cares about this issue to call, call that number and ask, yeah. please fix the shit so we don't go through this again. Now I will also ask, uh, I'm gonna do it. And you're not gonna fuck me here, Brian. Okay. What, what, can I can I just say one thing real quick, Charlie? You you say anything you want, man. All right. Even if the governor said that she wants me to call her to clear up my unemployment, she wants me to call so she can know who I am and where this place is. So let's just get that out the way. All right. I'm, uh, I'm, let me <laughs> let me let me go like this. Nobody's no. saying that. I'm saying some of the okay. some of our listeners are saying you should contact your state rep. You should call the governor's office directly. Somebody yeah. needs to help to intercede because, and, and I don't want to get a, I don't want to get ahead of Charlie, but okay. this puts you back in a position that may, if you weren't the person that you are, fuels mm-hmm. another issue that we're now dealing with, and that's increasing crime. You don't have a way to work. You don't yeah. have a way to generate revenue. Mm-hmm. That puts you in a position that some people may say, hey, I got to go out here and do what I have to do to feed my family. Desperation, right, exactly. So, right, which is, how's crime in your neighborhood, Brian? Well, I, when you asked me where I live, I said Detroit, but I'm, I'm actually in Southfield. I'm just Okay, like, cool. Right off the border of eight miles, yeah. So I got you there. Um, the funny thing, just speaking of police, uh, like, call, really call your state rep, right? Call the mayor, call, yeah. call your congressman. Yeah, I, I, watch, I, I, this, watch this, watch this. The only government that answers your call is the police and the fire. 
That's the only government. That's why, you know, look, there's a lot of reasons I don't want to diminish them. But the only arm of government that will respond to you is the one that can take your freedom. It doesn't lay out for a happy population. So if I know you and you find Brian to be credible, and he is, get a hold of me if there's some employment opportunity. Brian, make the pitch, man. Are you a hard worker? Absolutely. You need the work? Yes, I do. You show up on time? This is very, yes. I, I, I never missed a day while I was there. Yeah, in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, I think that speaks for itself. So look, if I know you and you got something, this guy will climb. Help him out. I mean, he's a good one. He's one of ours. Like, I could be related to you, dude. You know what I mean? I'm serious. I see the, I see the resemblance. I, I, I know your youth. You know what I mean? I had a youth. I got brothers. I got cousins. Yeah. You're you're now a man, a middle-aged man. who trying, mm -hmm. You got kids? Yeah, I got one son. And you feed him, right? Well, no, he's grown. He's 21. Okay. Well, well done. So yeah. it's, it's just you. Well, how's he doing? He's doing good. He's in school. Good. Well, you know, right now he's not in school, but. Yeah, I get yeah. you. Yeah. So he's a college guy. Yeah. It'd be nice if you could help him with the books or some gas money or tuition, eh? Yes, it would. Most certainly would. So, again, you know, I'm in, hey, Luke, I don't know. <laughs> Barry, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. The American Coney Island, maybe. I don't know. We got Smart. it, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and I know a lot more of you out there. So l listen, get a hold of me. This is a good dude. And, you know, as we always say in this show, Bri, like, you got to try to love one another, man. Okay? If, if I'm not going to wait for the government to do it. I'm not going to. You know, I don't, I don't really think they're really looking out for us or looking out for themselves. Sorry if that sounds negative. That's what I feel about it. However, they do owe him his unemployment. That's they do. True. That's true. Fix the shit. So maybe people listening that keep saying that they should call the governor's office, they'll call on your behalf and say, yeah. hey, Ooh. you know, this is a glitch that needs to be fixed. I mean, it's not a major overhaul. You have an IT person that is a lieutenant governor. I would assume that, you know, the kinds <laughs> of things that are supposed to make it convenient for residents uh, to resolve their issues, to garner information, uh, get the resources that our tax dollars pay for, would have access to it. And, and we don't. We don't. Brian, looking, hey, Brian. looking back, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, looking back on it all with the headaches that maybe taking that job has created, do you regret working there for the 83 days? And that's a good question. <laughs> looking back. Hey, boy, that's what I pay him for. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I regret it or not. I, I enjoyed, you know, helping older people because I, I, I like I like the elderly, man. The elderly is like this show. Every time you talk to them, it's the no bullshit hour. They don't fuck around, man. They don't they don't have time to play around. So they get straight to whatever they want to talk about. And so, you know, I, I enjoy helping them, man, and, and, and talking to them and stuff like that. Um. I almost want to say, yeah, I do regret it because of the situation I'm in at this very moment. Now, next week, it may be different. Who knows what the you know side of the coin may flip on next week or tomorrow even. But 
Shoot, man. Today, at this moment, I think I do regret it. Oh, don't say it. Fuck. See, I don't... Yeah, you're down. You, you earned a, a seriously honest living. You, you helped vulnerable human beings. You... Too, too many people in those places don't treat them with dignity. I hate to hear that. That's true. That's true. They, yeah, some, some, some of them don't. That's true. Don't tell yourself that, man. You know, I ended badly, but you did good. And I'm sure the patients appreciated it. Yeah. yeah. I did. Because, I, I can honestly say I did, my, I did my best. I did my best to not, you know, I... It, that go when I say that that makes me a little like dang I, I didn't get tested though you know but while I was there working every day man I did my best man it was almost sometimes I felt like I was babysitting other people you know my my other coworkers man and, and just to make sure that we did not pass this thing around man but once again you getting tested that wasn't your responsibility that should have been their responsibility they that dropped, should have been the law they dropped the ball on that that should have yeah. been the law yeah you know look. The testing at the fairgrounds have been free for more than a month now. Yeah. And, how many and yet people it's know that? still not required of the nursing homes. Yeah. Ridiculous. And this show is like the elderly. Sometimes we shit the bed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But not today. Because right. I, I appreciate you, brother. I mean, really. Hold on. Uh, your family now. You know what I mean? We're yeah. going to try. There's no problem. We're going to try. Do you own a home? No, I'm not a homeowner. No, no do you own one? No, I don't. I don't own one. Well, does uh, anybody in your family? Yeah, yeah, there's people in my family that own homes. Okay, yeah. and I, here's what you tell them for me. Hall Financial wants them to know that mortgage rates are at an all-time low and home values are high. That's why so many people are refinancing right now, Brian. Yeah. All right. Tell them they can lower their monthly payments and they could put some money in their pockets, right? Or if they're in the market for a new home, gonna switch homes. Remember, the Hall Financial Service is the fastest in the business. Get your mortgage in half the time. That's why they have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. And remember, appraisals can be done without stepping foot inside somebody's house. Call 248-308-5000 or go to davidhallmortgage.com, okay? 248-308-5000, davidhallmortgage.com. NMLS number one four six seven four three five wasn't that smooth as fuck. It was very man, smooth. you hey, listen, I was about to say you've been doing this too damn long, man. <laughs> no, you tell him how to be in here hey. in television. <laughs> like, like Carl, Carl, uh, that whatever the attorney name is, I think it's Carl Collins. He is good. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Hey, Charlie, give 1 me one hundred hit you. <laughs> I need to uh, plug my phone in. Give me one second. The battery's going low. Okay. 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 That's the reality. That's the reality of this podcast that I love. But you know what, Charlie? A lot of people, maybe somebody will reach out uh, and offer a Brian a job because a lot of comments that are coming through are saying, you know, he shouldn't be in this position. Um, you know, somebody reach out and give him a job. So maybe something good will come out of this, and he won't regret it. Maybe he will, you know, be good at, uh, or this will come out because he's offering some insight that people would have never had. So. Uh I, yeah, I want to tell people that are that are commenting. You know, I I apologize. I don't watch them because you know. I mean, yeah, you know, I've got them. Yep. And, and Karen's got them, and yep. we appreciate them. We want them to yep. come 
it, what do they think, uh, Karen? So far, do they? Well, they is think Brian believable? Yes, they do. They they and I don't want to use the word sympathy, but they support you. They understand. Um, they're saying that you shouldn't be in this position. Um, they're talking about again, like we always say, that the system is broken. Uh, it's not complicated. But they want to see you recover from this. And people are saying, hey, what do we need to do to help? Can somebody, um, you know, reach out and offer you a job? Uh, so I, I, you may look back and say you wish you hadn't done it. But mm-hmm. after this, maybe you'll say it was worth it. Maybe something even better will come out as a result. And, Charlie's and I, hope, that. I hope that that wasn't the wrong answer. I wanted to say, no, I didn't regret it. I really did. But I had to just I had to. Just sit back and think about it. Really, really think about it. You know, it's well, any answers. It's honest. Brian, do you feel like you're still quote unquote paying your debt to society for your felony 17 years ago? Well, you, oh man, get this guy raised over here already. <laughs> Wait a minute, how does he get a raise? What about me? About <laughs> <laughs> me, motherfucker. <laughs> Well, hold on, wait, wait. Before you answer that question, I hope we've got, I guess he's an attorney. He's saying, Charlie, how do we get uh, Ryan's record expunged? So I don't want to interrupt Mark, but um, Michael is asking, how can that happen? So we need to figure out so that you can get rid of it. It's, so, a, whole, it's a whole other attorney, issue. Michael, if you don't know how to do it, none of us know how to do well, it. Well, no, not the process, Charlie, but to be able to reach out to him to get it done. Come on, you know. Oh, he, oh, he wants me to reach out to him. Or Michael. he can reach out to you. I don't no, know. Here, here's what we do, Michael. If you're listening, um, here's what you do. Go to my, just email me, bro. Leduff10 okay. at gmail.com. L-E-D-U-F-F-1-0 at gmail.com. Uh, give me your number. I got it, Charlie. Okay, we got it. You hear that, Brian? May, may we, we can, we can, we can help you with that. Okay, okay. now go ahead, Mark. I apologize. Well, ask, ask the question again, Mark. Well, I just wonder because, you know, you, you have the felony, you serve your sentence, but then, you know, you still have to report it when you apply for the job as you did. And then they use uh-huh. that as a reason to get rid of you. Or do you still feel like you're paying the price for your crime? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, yes, I do. Do you feel it's justified? No, I do not. Have you committed a crime since that crime? Have I committed one? Yeah, yes, like a felony. I've committed a misdemeanor. Yes, I have. It's a misdemeanor. Okay. Yeah. So you've, 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 you're a peaceable, lawful guy. Yeah, for the for for the most part, yes. I'm I'm in my mid forties. I just want to follow the rules, and be left alone. So Are I want to do- vote. You know, hey man, I I don't even know if I'm allowed to vote. I, I never voted before. I was told. I didn't. I don't. I don't do a lot of research, as you can as you can uh, tell, man. That's why I was quiet most of the interview when y'all was talking. I don't like to talk about stuff if I'm not completely sure about it. So, but no, I don't know if I can vote or not because I never really checked into it. I listened to what I was told. If I had a felony, then I couldn't vote. So I don't even honestly know. See, and it's another uh, charming attribute, uh, another manly attribute. I don't talk about shit. I don't know. That's that's. That's what experienced human beings do. Beautiful. So, Brian, somebody is asking, um, what kind of work would put a smile in your voice? Like, what kind of opportunity could somebody bring to you that would make you happy? Well, I'm also a, st- a comedian, too. Um, Tell what? us a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the government. We, 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 
<laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, what opportunity would bring a smile to my face? Wow. An opportunity to perform to actually, if if you are a comedian, to, to be able to to realize the benefit of that interest and that talent. Would that would that do it? Yeah, that would do it. That would oh, let's, let's not belabor it. He's not figuring it out. Here, here's what you. I got it for him. I know what he's going to do. What? He's going to watch people's money and they're going to pay him for it. He's, he's just, just give him money. The best job is the lottery. Mm. Hit the lottery and then you <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want. You can open a comedy club. Basically. I would, I would, yeah, I would, I, I would love to have, a, uh, have my own comedy club, but I, I do have comedy nights. At, at, at two different places. But, you know, of course, that's been sh- shut down uh, since COVID started. That's that's one of the reasons, too, why, I, why I, you know, I took that job there at the at the nursing home because I couldn't I couldn't perform, nor me or, or, or none of my friends across, the, you know, across the Do you state. know Detroit Red? Detroit Red is a very good friend of mine. Get the fuck oh, out. Oh, we had him on the show last week. <laughs> very good friend of mine. <laughs> He's funny as shit, man. He's yes, he's gonna he be he's gonna be a correspondent for us. Mm, okay. Yeah. He, he that. Yeah. All right. Well, let me, let me do this. Let's 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 move on here for a minute because, yeah, it's it's the no bullshit news hour because I I couldn't do news anymore that was was important like like what you're saying. I don't think I think you're the first guy. I've heard from that. Hiding the voice with the in the nurses in the right. It, you're the first, <laughs> just the guy laying it out. So it, it kind of angers me when when I watch the media go along with the propaganda. So it was like this this week, uh, the chief the chief of Detroit police convened a press conference to inform mm-hmm. us that he expected a spike in violent crime last week because residents of Detroit were experiencing COVID cabin fever or something like that. But to me, <laughs> that's verbal peekapoo. Let me give you some stuff. The true picture of violence in this city is alarming and it's perhaps unsolvable considering the current climate of policing in America. But solve it, we must because murder and mayhem have spun out of control in Detroit throughout the entire year half of which was spent in lockdown. And you all know it only if you listen to the No Bullshit News Hour. The numbers today, non-fatal shootings, 456, and are up a whopping 60% from last year. Homicides are up 33%, and none of this happened over a single weekend. It was happening months before the murder of George Floyd, or the onslaught of COVID-19. Now, dig, there have been 30 shootings in the past 60 hours. Wow. Five homicides and 31 shooting over Father's Day weekend, including two children, and 22 children have been shot since March 16th. Those numbers, my brother, are not freely accessible to the public or members of the press but they're here for you because you deserve to know them. Now listen to this one. There was a grisly triple homicide kept from the public's ear. Three men were bound and executed on June 11th. 
the abandoned east side house where they were murdered was lit on fire in an attempt to hide the crime scene. Those murders have yet to be tabulated in the official count, which is getting towards 400 for the year. Now, let me give you a comparison. If we were the same size as Chicago, we would have 1,600 murders. Think of that. Now, the the police brass offer us this pearl. While violent crime is up in Detroit, overall crime is down. What a fucking kind of crime do you pay attention to? I don't pay attention to COVID cases. I pay attention to COVID deaths. That's Mm -hmm. the true measure of it. And that's something to hang your hat on, I suppose, that overall crime's down. But dig now, because we're talking to you. Listen to this. Come August, temperatures are expected to rise because they always rise. But those unemployment checks are scheduled to end. Right. So, Mr. Mayor, you're putting out the social distance police tonight to do a fucking tape measure at, at the bars and clubs and restaurants. That's not what we're looking for. And here's a piece of news for everybody that I'm working on for next week. I don't have it officially, but I got it from rank and file police in Ferndale. They're not policing eight mile road anymore. They've been told to stay away from it. They don't want any kind of altercations, nothing to show up on national news. So I guess it's open. You can come up from 8 Mile. You can come over from Alter Road. You can come down from 16 Mile Road. You can come over from Pinckney. And nobody wants to protect us. Right? I mean, this just showed we're broke. Brian, man, dude, if I would, you're cool. I'd be so angry. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are. And that's why you're seeing this. We're confused. Uh, angry, and by the way, yeah, yeah fresh, fresh, fresh. fresh more frustrated than angry, I think. You know, mm-hmm. more frustrated than angry right now. Now I'm getting a lot of this though. You know, like social media clatter. Like I'm saying, in Detroit, we've already defunded the police. Right? We did that <laughs> bankruptcy and everything. But listen, people out there, I get you're yelling at me saying I don't understand what the movement means. Go to a website, and I'm saying if you got to refer me to a website, the message is lost. I support what you're doing. I've been doing it for. A decade here. And then in L.A. before that, in New York before that. Here's the thing. We need public safety, but the movement now is let's take some money from the police because their budgets are too high and invest them in schools and mental health, which I've always been a believer in. My wife is a psychologist. My wife works in the public schools. We're working to help fix things. But I don't believe a skeletal police force is going to help you get there. We need to find the money from other appropriate places, like all the grafting bullshit, all the skyscrapers down here. There's plenty of money, but you got to do your work. Yeah. And the nursing homes were shit before COVID. That's why (laughs) they're a cesspool now. Nobody's talking about we got to fix them. And that's what I hear. What do you hear? I hear they were a mess before the COVID. You know, they were already, already a mess. This, that, that's what I heard. But Troy News did a good story this week, cut, did a more in-depth uh, analysis than I did, but it was on this show. Mm-hmm. 11 out of the 21 so-called hubs where you, you, know, you take the COVID people, which, by yeah. the way, people, the hubs had non-COVID people. They have the plastic doors like Brian's talking about. 21 out of 21, 11 
had one or two stars out of five by the federal government. These were shit, shit cattle pens. This was our answer. So that's great. That was yeah, fun. Fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Sorry, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, you got it. You got to like two minutes of jokes. Take us out here. Oh man, you know what, dude? You better do it, man. <laughs> nice, don't nice fuck up. Nice putting him on the spot. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not. I'm not worried about screwing up. I'm, just, I'm, more, I'm more concerned about uh, you know, taking the attention from what we were talking about. I don't, I don't really want to. I'm not really in a jokey mood right now, to be honest. Which I'm not worried about screwing up. I've been doing this for five years. I don't. I don't want to take away from attention to what, what we were discussing, though, man. Because it was important. Yeah, it, it really was, and um, cool. No, I, I don't even know why I even said I was a comedian anyway. But, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to joke, right? That was a good uh, joke. Yes, <laughs> to you also. You know, you've got Instagram TV, you've got Twitter, you've got Facebook Live. So there are platforms that you can use in the meantime to build your audience uh, for your comedic interest and career. Yeah. Well, listen, right. how, how can I get you? I got somebody here on social media wants to um, send you a duck do. They want to send me a what? A duck do. You got any use for a duck do? What is that? <laughs> a duck do. I don't. Uh, I, hey. I guess, I'm guessing this is one of your best jokes. Okay, come on with it. Try What's a duck do? What's a duck do? A duck, a duck quacks. <laughs> It's family friendly, this show. Okay, 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 you got me. <laughs> I've been hit with it before, Brian. That's why I knew what to say. Okay, look, uh, it's uh, it's like a, a million degrees up here. I want to get the hell out. Uh, who wants the last word? Okay, everybody gets the soapbox. 30 seconds. Karen, go. I just want to say thank you, Brian, not only for what you've done, but for sharing your story. Uh, and know that you are an inspiration to your son and to the thousands of people that will hear this story. So continue to be strong. Uh, something's going to come through for you. Uh, and people are going to rally behind you and make sure that you transition to the next level. So thank you for being here. I, Don't I answer that. It's Mark, uh, very beautiful, Karen. Mark, well, Karen took 30 seconds, go. She took exactly what I was going to say. No. Insane. <laughs> I was just going to say, with all the negativity, I mean, Brian, great attitude. Keep plugging away. When everybody's sitting there arguing with each other and citing numbers, just remember there's actual people behind those numbers. And Brian, you get the last word, my brother. And uh, I'll, I'll call you a couple hours from now, all right? I'll let this sink uh, in, but, but take us out. I just want to say uh, I, I appreciate y'all letting me come on here and uh, you know get this off my, my chest. And uh, hopefully this will get back to the governor. And when it does... Hopefully she'll make a change because the one question that I thought you guys were going to ask me, I didn't hear was why do I think the governor allowed this to happen? You know, was it money motivated or was it negligence? She just didn't know any better. So I just hope the interview makes a difference. Well, answer What's your answer? Yeah. You want me to answer? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Uh, Man, I want, man, I guess I'm going to take the cops. Right, I'm a cop out right now because everybody's calling her Big Gretch right now. Big Gretch, right? You heard the song and everything, oh, yeah. right? Yes. And uh, I want to be on cold with that, man. Even though what I saw made me uh, think otherwise sometimes, but I, th I think it was a mistake, man. I think, I think the more 
that she hear about was really because she haven't been there to my knowledge. I don't think she been when walking through no nursing homes, you know, especially unannounced. Even if she did, though, you got to go unannounced so you can see what's really going on. You don't want people to get ready. But, you know, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm hoping that it was just a big mistake on her part, man. And, and she can do something about it now. He's not protected by the code. That was misplaced, in my opinion. The whole big gretch, the buffs, the whole thing. Yeah. That's yeah. not a code he's entitled to. Let me just say that. Let's okay. leave it. All right, oh, thank you. Look, I don't play that shit. Just get it fixed. The last word goes to Mannequin Joe. <laughs> Where is he? The voice of the That's sky. him. Didn't you hear him? Beautiful. All right. No, the way Thanks here he is. That, Joe. Are you trying to get crazy with this scene? <laughs> don't you know I'm local? insane 